you know, it's not very, very often that people are excited to talk to double PhD true. about economics. Yep. That's I mean, true. It's just, typically, it's a subject you're like, yeah. Let's be honest, it's a yawner. Yeah. Typically. But information it becomes really important it when does. everything's kind of hanging in the balance and you got like drunk drivers running the economy at every single turn. And so, so we are always excited and honored to have the author of Thriving the Economic Tsunami because you see the, that uh, an economic tsunami is coming. Mm-hmm. Doctor, doctor, two PhDs, Kurt two. Elliott. Yay! Uh, welcome to you. It's always so good to be with you. And it's probably the, the, the softest, most gentlest backhanded compliment you could ever get. <laughs> it, 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 I mean, truly, we've known each other for a long time, decades. Yes. Right? And, and it's, just like, it's just like getting together with friends and talking about the economy and people actually get to listen in on the conversation. That's how I feel every single week. And it's just amazing to me. Same way for us. And we're learning a ton. You know, over this last year and a half, um, we have learned a lot about what's going on in the economy, uh, what to look for, how to protect ourselves. Yep. And so we're very thankful. Well, we should probably be honorary PhDs. Yeah, we probably should. Like an honorary, like yeah. we should have an honorary elbow patch or something. <laughs> an, honorary an honorary pipe. Patch. An honorary pipe, maybe. <laughs> pipe, yes. <laughs> well, well, good. well, I mean, sadly, I mean, for the last year, year and a half, we haven't really been talking about economic good news, and we're not no. going to start today. I mean, really, it's it's the news is bad, but our solution is good. I mean, that's kind of what, what it boils down to. But so one of the big things that we've been talking about for the last six months is banking, right? Because when Silicon Valley Bank went down, followed by oh, First Republic and, and Silvergate and then Credit Suisse, and I mean, it was just like five big banks. It was like boom, 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 boom. That was in March. Right. I think that was just phase one of the bank failures. Right. So. Wow. So since then, you know, what's happened over the last six months? Well, Wells Fargo, uh, their their CFO is saying we're going to have to lay off a bunch of people. It's like, well, man, why would banks have to lay off a bunch of people with interest rates rising? Don't you think that they're going to be more profitable with their credit card bills? You know, they're people who have all this debt they're going to make more money with higher interest rates. Now it doesn't work that way. Um, You would think in theory, sure, they're going to make more money, but in reality, we're at this point of critical mass in society, right? Where, where we're living hand to mouth, where people are one to two missed paychecks away from having to file for bankruptcy. And the moment you raise rates, the propensity for them to pay off their debts goes away. Right? So, Mm -hmm. so the, the number of credit card defaults, is at an all-time high. There's over a trillion dollars in just credit card debt in America. And the defaults is at an all-time high. People aren't making their payments. People aren't making their payments on car loans, right? And so, and people are now starting not to make their payments on their home loans. Well, at at what point do the banks say, yeah, we'll repossess all these things. Then they're going to have all this excess inventory that they try to sell for peanuts. Yeah, what do they do with it? Nobody wants them. Or do they just let the people stay in so they don't get all this excess inventory? Not, and I mean, it, it's a pickle, right? They, they don't know what to do. So it looks like they're not really foreclosing on people too much, but they still have to make ends meet. So they're closing branches. They're laying off people, right? So, so over the last six months since Silicon Valley Bank went under, um, these are the the top closures. Now we're talking about actual banks 
Has that just been, has that just been six months ago? Wow, that seems like that seems like a year or more it ago. Does. It seems it like two. Years. Like, like there's so much that happens. Like our news cycles are mm-hmm. so crazy. And, and yeah. that that would have been one of the biggest things of the '90s. Oh yeah, like that one oh. event would have been just mm-hmm. you know the now it's just another day. There have been the documentaries news. about it. You know. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so yeah. here's where banks are failing like crazy since then. Now the bank companies themselves haven't gone out of business because, but this is the first step before they go out of business. So what happens before you all file for bankruptcy or any person, right? I'm not saying you two in particular, but we don't what have yeah, that cancel. in Jesus name. Cancel. <laughs> yeah. So what happens is we, we sit down at the dinner table, David and Stacy, you would talk, Joe and I would sit down and talk. It's like, we got problems. We're going to have to file for bankruptcy unless we make some adjustments. Right. So, so we start cutting our expenses because we really can't increase our revenue unless we go out and get a second, third, or fourth job, right? So, so we're going to start to cut our expenses. This is where I see banks are heading right now because they're closing branches like crazy. Yeah. So, so the banks themselves haven't gone out of business, but they're closing branches. So since, since March, uh, when Silicon Valley happened, PNC has closed 201 branches, U.S. Bank 185. Wells Fargo, 160. Oh, by the way, Wells Fargo actually closed their mortgage division completely, right? In in addition wow. to that, J.P. Morgan Chase closed 54 branches. Bank of America, 49. Santander, which I don't even know what that bank is, but they've closed 44. They're big Citizen, in Mexico. Yeah, they're big uh, international bank. Yeah. That's like the premier one when we lived in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Citizens Bank, 38. Huntington Beach, 32. M&T Bank, 21. Fifth, third, 19. So those are just kind of the big names that we know. But in the last six months, 1,144 banks have actually branches have closed. Wow. Now, it's not. So it's even more. So that means what does that tell me? That means a liquidity crisis is coming because what they start to do before banks go bankrupt is they cut their expenses just like we would do. Mm -hmm. Well, this is what they're doing. So let's look at some of the big investment houses, right? Citadel Securities, um, they've been in the news a lot lately because of some different investments that they made. A very, very large firm. $45 billion more in withdrawals than deposits. Wow. That means people are pulling out. They're not investing. People are not, it's not a net positive. It's a net negative of 45 billion. You think they, they've racked Morgan. up credit card debt. They got this. And so they're, they're pulling out investments to like on a, on a small, like personal basis. Yeah. It's, it's assets that are being sold, not purchased. Right. So that's what these numbers are. JP Morgan, 321 billion net sales. And, and we, all we have to do to look for these is look at their 10 Ks. So they're they're That's the, basically the SEC um, document that they have to fill out quarterly, which actually shows their their net asset gain or loss, right? So JP Morgan, 321 billion coming out rather than going in. Wells Fargo, 86.15 billion coming out more than Mm. what's gone in. Bank of America, 534 billion more come out than it's gone in. So overall, over a trillion dollars in assets just from the top four <laughs> have, wow. have left the building, right? So so then what about other deposits? What about banks overall? Well, this year alone, a 
trillion dollars in M2 money supply has vanished. It's gone. You know, that's a trillion M2 money dollars. Supply, yeah, M2 money supply would be deposits. That you, basically it's your liquid funds, it's your checking, savings, money markets, things like that. So a trillion dollars net decrease. Now, so to put that into perspective, how big is the M2 money supply? Well, it's $20.9 trillion. So we've now taken, they've, they've taken out 15% of the money supply just so far this year, right? So, so we're on pace to actually, if they were to do this, you know, on this trend, money would be gone. All money that we know, every dollar, $5 bill, 10, 20, $100 bill, would be gone over the next seven and a half years. So what wow. happens to this then? What if you're holding it? What if you got a shoebox full of these? Is it like monopoly money? Is it a collector's yeah. item? Like a, yes, like a Confederate it, dollar or something? Or, Well, I don't even know. Yeah, it probably would be a collector's item because what they're going to probably do is make it illegal to own it. Right? Wow. So, so they're going to make you get out of your paper dollars so they can put you into central bank digital currency, which is trackable, right? So so like in, in Australia, for example, just... Um, three days ago, the, the numbers came out. Now the ATM machines there, no longer can you take out more than 500 in withdrawals per day. So they're getting rid of, of money. Why would they limit that? Because they don't want people to have paper currency that they have at home. They're trying to pull it out of the system in exchange for what? Central bank digital currency that they can track. Now, wow. it starts to get a little bit weirder in the sense of We've talked a lot about banks failing, and so therefore people can't access their accounts. Like when Silicon Valley Bank went under, they, they couldn't get access to it. Now, mm-hmm. a very popular large bank that nobody really knows about, hardly, is, is the Green Dot Bank. Have you ever heard of the Green Dot Bank? Nope. Have you? Well, no. Now, I, haven't, I haven't really either, but this is like Walmart's bank, right? Okay. So it's the Walmart Green Dot Bank. So a lot of times when people can't get um, a normal bank account for whatever reason, you can still get this green dot bank account at Walmart. So so they have their investments tied up into Treasury Direct for their for their customers. Right. So Treasury Direct is not like buying U.S. Treasury. It's from J.P. Morgan Chase or, you know, from the secondary market. When you buy a Treasury from Treasury Direct, you have to hold it till maturity. There is no selling it prior to that, right? So, so this mm. is what Green Dot Bank basically has their people invest in is through Treasury Direct. Now, they haven't. There's horrible stories now surfacing on the internet, social media, and everything else that Green Dot is now basically being investigated for securities fraud because they've they've basically withheld people from taking money out of their bank account for the last six months. So mm. the stories are terrible. Like if you read social media, it's like we we have our social security payments go directly into that bank. We haven't been able to get it for like six months. Whoa. Like, so people living on fixed income, see, because a lot of the people at Green Dot can't get normal bank accounts, right? So for whatever reason, bad credit, who knows? I, I don't know. But but they can't now, they can't get their money. They haven't been able to access it for about six months. So there's always like this extended time on when this is going to be rectified, right? And people say, we just can't simply wait any longer. We, we truly can't wait any longer. We're out of money. We have no money. You're holding our money hostage at the bank. So, so 
And Green Dot is saying, well, it's not necessarily us. It's the Treasury Direct that's freezing customer accounts. It's like Treasury Direct, that's the U.S. Treasury. Why are they freezing people's accounts? So these kind of stories, you're never going to get a straight answer from them on who's to blame. However, this is this is my straight answer on there. Somebody has run out of money, right? So mm-hmm. so whether it's the bank or the U.S. Treasury, that's even worse. That's point. But they're freezing people's assets because somebody has run out of money that's holding it. The, the problem here is if it happens to be Treasury Direct, like this article says, the United States is in a world of hurt, right? And, and to me, that makes sense. Like in previous shows that we've talked about, the, U, the Chinese are dumping U.S. Treasuries like it's nobody's business, right? They're mm-hmm. getting rid of them. They got rid of $100 billion last month alone. There's this massive amount of U.S. Treasuries on the open market that nobody wants. The Fed is actually having to buy them so the U.S. Treasury doesn't yep. go into meltdown mode. So therefore, they're not allowing people to sell their stuff until they have to have it go until maturity because there's nobody that wants it. Imagine a world where nobody wants the rock solid bellwether, you know, blue chip U.S. Treasury. People don't want it anymore globally. I mean, how how quickly the mighty have fallen, right? I mean, mm-hmm. this is weird how, how nobody wants U.S. Treasuries anymore. Well, to me, it's not weird. There's just been a, a balance of power change. It's gone from the West to the East. It's going to the BRICS nations. But what we're seeing manifest itself right underneath our nose is the treasury freezing accounts, is banks freezing accounts, not letting people pull their money up. See, these stories don't necessarily hit the news like a an all-out bank failure would. Like when Silicon Valley Bank went under, it's like, what? All these people, they, they can't access their accounts. The bank failed. We're not talking about this bank failing yet, but the, but the end result is the same. People can't access their money. So it's just a matter of time before that bank fails, right? Because once it hits the news that people can't get their money, they haven't been able to for six months, it's lights out. Oh yeah. And so I think that the powers that be, whoever those powers are, are doing everything humanly possible to stave off D-Day. Say, like mm. we, we can't let this story go public, right? We can't, or else we're going to have a run on the banks. We're not ready for that. And But this is where people, the point is, you have to be careful where your money is. Cash isn't necessarily safe. Banks... Yeah. Ten months ago, somebody would say, hey, Kirk, I'm, I'm, I'm out of the stock market. I bought out of the bond market. I've listened to you talk. I'm just sitting in cash on the sideline with money in the bank. My answer would have been great. It's a safe place for it, right? Can't say that now. I can't mm-hmm. say that money in the no. bank is safe. Nope. When we don't know when the next bank that's going to fail is going to fail. We don't know which one it is. Even banks like Walmart's Green Dot Bank, Walmart, mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the largest retailers in the world. You think they'd be safe? No. They don't. They can't access their money because evidently Treasury Direct has frozen people's accounts, and that's what they offer for people. I mean, this is getting weird, but it's all pointing to their system of get central bank digital currency. It'll fix all of this, and they're going to use all of these horrible stories to be the shiny thing, the dangling carrot, the enticement to get people to move into their system. And I would tell people, do not. Once you go in, you're not getting out. That door is a one-way door you can't get out. Man. So, okay, oh, so Colson pulled up this so tweet check here. Check out this chart, Stacey. Yeah. Look at this. So 
So this is the amount of money that's left the banks over the last 30 days. $70 billion in 30 days has left the banking system. So you multiply that times 12. Wow, that's not good. That, no, that, that's well over $3.5 trillion, which is 15% of the total yeah. money supply, right, on, on an annual basis. There is a free fall of money mm -hmm. leaving the banks. It's like this waterfall, and it's yeah. not in the right direction. So, Dr. Kirk, a lot of times you talk about, you know, protecting yourself by getting something tangible like gold, silver, silver right now because it's underpriced at this point. Um, do you think then in the future, if you're not using, you know, we're not doing CBDCs, we're like, nope, we're not doing that. The dollar is, you know, a collectible item. Um, do you think that you'll be able to use that for trading? Do you think, you know, like what would that look like? Well, We've never had to experience that, but I think that's where we're headed, you know, in a worst case scenario. And why would I say that? Because other, you know, modern type economies have gone through the same thing. Venezuela, Argentina, Cyprus, Greece, I mean, Germany back in after World War One, you know, big, big economies when their currency loses favor and merchants don't want it anymore because they can't keep up with the inflation. You have to take something for barter. Mm -hmm. You know, it's. It's just a different world, right? So, so yeah, I think just because we haven't had to live through that here in America, don't think that it's never going to happen. We're no different than any other country. You print money without discretion, without tangible backing, ultimately you'll have mm -hmm. the same fate, and that is a currency that nobody wants. Man, that's it's huge. Okay, and that's where we are. Yeah. Okay. So, and you talk about silver right now. I kind of just touched on it, but at this point, it's underpriced compared to gold. Gold's not necessarily overpriced; it's just underpriced compared to where it typically would fall in comparison to gold. And so that's why you say at this point, silver is the best thing for people. Is that right? Absolutely. Gold's going to continue to go up. If you're in gold, it's, you're not going to be dissatisfied with it. But I think silver's going to double to triple to even more the rate of growth of gold. So when two things are equally as safe. And one's doubling or tripling the rate of growth of the other one. Well, I'm going into that, which happens to be silver. Yep. And eventually, I love that when we work with you, you can help us if it gets up to that. And then it's time to move to gold. You actually help us to transition to the next step. It's not like, oh, now we got to figure out what are we going to do. You actually walk us through that process. And then in the future, if it's a stock market, you help us to walk back into that. Correct. That's We, we hold your hand through this economy because nothing lasts forever right? We'll let you know it's time to buy, sell, reallocate, lock in those profits. Because um, we know that this might not be your thing. You, you weren't born, created, gifted to manage money. You were born, gifted to do whatever you do to create money, right? Mm -hmm. So this is what we're, this is our gifting. This is what we do. And we want to partner with you on that. Hold your hand through it and always let you know when it's time to do anything. We'll let you know. That's really good. So Flyover Family, you can go to flyovergold.com. And when you scroll down to the bottom, there's a place you can fill out your information. When you do that, someone from Dr. Kirk's team will get a hold of you to help answer your questions. It's absolutely free. It doesn't cost you any money whatsoever. You can also call 720-605-3900. Again, that's 720-605-3900. Or go to flyovergold.com. Com. Dr. Kirk, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Are you having a hard time sleeping at night thinking, what am I going to do about my finances? You know, times are really changing. They're changing fast. Let me give you a quick example of how in 1920, if you had a $20 bill 
and one ounce of gold. You could go into any men's clothing store and buy an entire suit. You wow. Buy the, the jacket, the shirt, the belt, shoes, the whole bit. Today, that $20 bill, what's it going to get you? Not much. Maybe the socks, maybe a <laughs> handkerchief, but the one ounce of gold could still buy you the entire suit at any men's store in America. That's the difference. That's what inflation does to your dollar. It's a deflating dollar caused by inflation. Now, today, that's happening faster than ever. You need somebody that you trust that can help get you out of a fake currency and into something that's going to keep you safe. And we know a guy that has two PhDs by the name of Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. We have known him for over 25 years, and he's someone we completely trust. You need somebody that you can get a hold of, somebody that's going to be there for you to get back out of it, and then maybe back into the stock market, maybe back into something else when things settle down. But right now is not that time. You need somebody that you trust and somebody you can call and make those worries go away. That's exactly right. So you can go to flyovergold.com. Dot com, fill out your information for your free consultation, or you can call 720-605-3900. Do it today. You'll be glad you did. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.